Welcome back to the Word Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm thrilled to be back in season 10, bringing some female energy and helping to do what the Work Bold podcast does best. Challenge the status quo, of course. Don't worry, I'll do my best to hold back on the cycling content, though Club Peloton has just started recruiting for Cycle to Mopum 2024. Last plug, I promise. What I will be doing is joining you each episode this season to give a sneak peek into the amazing content and conversations that we've got on deck and distilling down the bold ideas that have the potential to help our industry evolve and innovate at a pace that can match the demands of the future of work. So here I go. I'm Morgan Piersdorf, and this is episode one of season 10 of the Work Bold podcast. I'm not the only wild card this season. In fact, we're kicking off episode one with guest host Simona Bood, director of European Management Services at the Heinz Real Estate Company and co-founder of the Heinz Young Leader Council. In this episode, we're mixing it up with a unique format. Simone has brought together young leaders from across the industry for a panel-style chat on their views on the future of work. Can these bright leaders championing change help align expectations between occupiers, landlords, and investors? The panel discussed how they're employing a 3C strategy, that's culture, community, and connectedness to do just that. Engagement was a clear through line in the episode for tackling fragmented communications and closing the knowledge gap on priorities such as ESG. And of course, you can't talk about the future without Gen Z and the importance of urban regeneration. Lots of ground was covered. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or topics you want covered, reach out to Caleb on Twitter at Caleb underscore Parker or send him a DM on LinkedIn where you can also find me as well. Before we kick this episode off, we are back to embark on a journey to uncover how furniture as a service can drive sustainability in real estate. Can this innovative concept truly revolutionize the way we approach environmental responsibility? We're about to unveil some enlightening perspectives featuring the visionary forces at NorNorm. So let's dive into the heart of sustainability with their co-founder and CEO, Anders Jepsen. Anders, can you shed some light on NorNorm's circular business model and its potent role in advancing the sustainability agenda? How can furniture as a service improve sustainability? We see in the world of commercial real estate, a major shift is underway. Leaders in real estate are not just focusing on creating sustainable buildings, but also they are prioritizing circularity for interior spaces. Nornorm stands at the forefront of this change with furniture as a service, addressing the increasing need for demonstrating environmental responsibility in real estate. By choosing furniture solutions that reduce waste and carbon emission, stakeholders make a conscious choice to contribute to a more sustainable future. Nornom's approach is not just innovative. It aims to contribute to complete circularity in real estate, from building materials to interiors, aligning with a global push towards sustainability. Nornom's vision for the workspace of the future is simple place circularity at the core and demonstrate how this is better for business, people and planet. By embracing non-norm real estate can drastically reduce CO2 emissions and waste production, driving us closer to a greener future. So how much CO2 emission can we save by going from a linear business model to a circular one? Stay tuned to find out more later in the episode. Now, on with the show. Jeff, let's kick it. Greetings, everyone. My name is Simon Aboud from Heinz. Not the ketchup company, but the real estate company. 
And among my many hats, I am the co-founder of the Heinz Young Leader Council. And it is with great pleasure that I will be your host during today's special episode of Caleb's Workbold podcast. As you have understood by now, this podcast is all about bold ideas. And in today's episode, we wanted to offer the mic to three of the brightest young leaders in our industry, each representing one side of the equation, from the occupier to the landlord, and of course, the investor, to provide their perspective on the future of work. The three of them were not picked randomly, far from that. And in addition to their full-time job, they also sit on the board of three of the most influential professional associations from the industry, being the Urban Land Institute, Cornet Global, and the Real Estate Balance. Now, without further ado, Nisha, Brice, Paras, welcome to this special episode of the Workbook Podcast. And, you know, before going into the meat of it, could you perhaps provide you know, our audience a quick, brief intro of yourself? Nishar, go for it. Thank you very much, Simon, for having me here. My name is Nishar Fatima. I'm based out of New York, and I work for a company called ServiceNow. It's an automation workflow software company. I lead the global workplace strategy for them and also a digital innovation along with the Future of Work program. Happy to be here. Thank you. Paras, do you want to go for it? Hi, I'm Paras Malde. I'm general counsel at Brookfield Properties UK. Brookfield Properties is an asset manager and a landlord that partners with occupants to deliver high quality office occupation with a specific focus on City of London properties. As part of my day job, I'm responsible for deal execution and routinely lead the transaction teams on concluding leasing transactions. And as you mentioned, Simon, I also sit on the Real Estate Balance Next-Gen Committee. Thank you. Brice? Thanks, uh, Simon, and the Workball Podcast to having me here today. So my name is uh, Brice Hofer. So I work at UBS Asset Management in the division Real Estate and Private Markets, where we manage uh, real asset investment on behalf of private and institutional clients. So I'm an associate portfolio management there, working on two investment foundations, investing in the unlisted funds, listed real estate funds across the globe. I'm also part, as you mentioned, so of the Urban Land Institute. So with the short name ULI, so it's the oldest and largest network of cross-disciplinary real estate and land use expert in the world. So we really are so keen on this word cross-disciplinary because we try really to, to cover the full value chain of real estate and uh, urban planning. So also including the private sector, not only the, the public sector, so all the industry if possible. And there I'm a member of the executive committee uh, of the Young Leaders Europe and a member also of the executive committee of ULI Switzerland. So happy to be here today with you guys. Thank you very much. And look, I mean, definitely very exciting episode ahead. And, and you know, maybe I'd love to kick off the episode on a, on a topic that a lot of people have been talking about, if not the whole industry have been talking about over the past couple of years, especially you know, with COVID and now post-COVID trying to, to get back to a, reusing this old term, new normal. You know, one of the, the big issues has been around the heavy lift of aligning expectations with the occupiers with their workforce, landlord with their occupiers and investors, investors with their LPs and, and landlords. I'd love to kick off, you know, as, as each one of you is representing the different sides of, of the industry with yourself, Nisha, you're representing the occupier side. And I'd love to hear how you guys at ServiceNow had this reaction to provide better experience for your workforce, especially with the, this changing nature of employees' need. 
Absolutely. Uh, so from Occupier's perspective, I believe ServiceNow has shown uh, a great resilience as an organization when it comes to adapting through different stages of pandemic from since it broke down right in March 2020. So if we talk about the organizational growth itself, when it initially broke down in March 2020, when we were about 10,000 employees, right? And today we have doubled that number by almost 22,000 plus employees globally. And that kind of growth naturally invites a scalability challenge and a lot of uncertainties when it requires also a strong strategies around everything we do. So we pretty much go with our approach of 3C strategy, which we like to call it when it comes to workplaces and which is pretty much to create a sense of culture, create a community and increase the connectedness to enhance the employee engagement, right? And obviously with technology can of course be the thread between these three C's, which allows employee experience to be seamless. But we are always mindful of focusing on optimizing before we automate in many ways, right? Because that's extremely important. And if I speak about the exponential growth and hub and spoke, model which we are trying to adopt. The hiring took place in a distributed model during pandemic as we all might have done it at a lot of other organizations and now we have talent in tier 2, tier 3 cities which we need to sort of cater to as well, right? So we have a good mix of serviced offices as well as fixed offices and a large part of our portfolio across Asia Pacific, EMEA and North America stays as our hub offices. So it's pretty much the good mix overall in terms of providing the experience and that platform to our global workforce. Thank you very much, uh, Nisha. And indeed, I mean, very interesting, this, this 3C approach of cultural community connectedness. Obviously, becoming more and more important, and the fact that you guys are actually embracing hub and spoke as a strategy moving forward, and not you know removing the flexible side and having the HQ only, but actually playing with both across across uh, you know globally. The next person I would love to invite here to give their perspective is Paras. Paras, you're representing the landlord side through Brookfield. How have you seen this change of expectation on, on the occupier side in your portfolio and how, how are you connecting with this 3C approach? Yeah, sure. So it's, it's really interesting what Nishar said because we're seeing a 3C approach across our portfolio. Occupiers, as Nishar said, want to come to the office because they see it as a destination. Gone are the days when someone just came to the office on a de facto basis. So listening to occupiers and what they want, we've actually embedded the 3C approach as a critical part of our offering. So we have a number of initiatives for enhancing culture and wellness in our buildings and creating the destination, as Nishar said, for our occupants and staff. To give you an example, we, we rolled out an, uh, a tenant engagement platform, which we call Activated, that offers a diverse program of arts, events, fitness, well-being activities, which are designed to bring people together and enhance the sort of work-life balance aspect of, of work. To give you an example of activities that we've been rolling out, yoga, silent discos, art installations, even historical walking tours, taking advantage of, of the benefit that we have in the City of London and all the history that comes with it. We've also had another initiative using technology. We call it Axis. Uh, it's an app designed exclusively for tenants and provides a singular access point for events, thought leadership workshops, community projects, and charitable initiatives. It also serves as a building-wide news and updates portal, and we roll this out on a portfolio-wide basis. And then the, the, the third point that we're really focusing on, having listened to occupiers, is collaborating with them on their ESG goals and ESG targets. 
very unique in that we don't just own properties, but we also play an active role in managing. So we partner with our occupiers to deliver a wholesome experience for them. And that includes working on ESG-related goals with them. Clearly, occupiers care about how environmentally sustainable their buildings are. We tackle operational carbon footprints by making asset-level improvements, procuring, for example, 100% renewable electricity, and implementing energy-efficient best practices, for example, enhanced HVAC systems, real-time energy consumption profiling, etc. There's a real drive to seek to close the ESG knowledge gap by providing an educational platform, because actually, when you look at the generational composition of the workforce, the younger generation want to know how, how environmentally sustainable their buildings are. Because again, that contributes to the level of happiness, wellness that they feel when coming to the office as a destination. And if I can just add, we also actually commissioned a report very recently on this aspect. We worked with Prospectus Global, polled about 3,500 office workers, and the results were quite interesting. 93% of the participants of the survey reported that if they worked in an environmentally friendly office, they felt happy in their jobs, compared to 55%. Uh, who said they wouldn't be happy if they were working in environmentally unfriendly offices. Eight out of 10 employees said it was important to them that their company is run in a sustainably climate-forward way. Again, this only comes about if you're housed in a building that, that helps you achieve those goals. So there's so many things that, that we do, and listening to occupiers is key. It's an evolving work in progress, but we've seen a lot of positive feedback from occupiers. Thank you very much, Paras. And maybe I'd love to, to take this point, you know, this alignment with stakeholders. In the case of, of you guys, you know, landlords with occupiers, I think, Michelle, that's a quick question for you. I mean, what I'm hearing a lot from, from occupiers is that, unfortunately, communication in general with landlord can be fragmented, maybe not as straightforward. Is it something you also, uh, and that in general, occupiers are just wanting to have more communication to tackle topics such as ESG in a more peaceful manner and, and efficient manner. What's your take on, on, on that? Absolutely. I think communication becomes more important than ever before. And especially when we are talking about a lot of consolidation or expansion, you know, in the portfolio, the way you communicate with your end user becomes super critical, right? Because the, you want to make sure that there is always word of motivation, word of inspiration, and that pull in many which ways to bring them safely back to the workplace which they deserve, right? So communication, we have partnered heavily with our technology, people team, communications team, and workplace services team to execute any kind of a global initiatives we, we should be doing it. So I 100% agree with Paris and yourself, uh, Simon, that communication is extremely the key of any conversation in this world we live in. Thank you very much, uh, Nichelle. Brice, question for you on the investor side. Obviously, one of, of the, the big stakeholders you need to align with is your LPs, investing in, in your funds. How are you and, and your LPs perceiving the market shift now since the end of COVID? Yes, thank you, Simon. So it's important that you say also, so on the, the platform I am, we're investing in funds. So it means we also not own the, uh, the, the asset directly, but which means also our, our job, especially 
of course, to engage with LP and also to, to move capital in, in concept in the, the real estate market that we think will be future-proofed and will uh, will uh, function well. So not only today, but uh, in the years or, or decades ahead. Now about office, so an enormous topic at the moment. So we see that that office is undergoing a profound structural change that is catalyzed by the actually digitalization trend, the digitalization of the, the work environment and the, the rise of uh, flexibility requirements. Requirements. COVID pandemic revealed that to us, but in our opinion, that's just been an accelerator. So COVID uh, pandemic didn't create that. It just probably uh, pushed that uh, forward a bit quicker than it would have been in other case, but uh, sooner or later we will have arrived to that point. So the first reaction to it, and I think I'm not just speaking for my platform, but more for our industry, is that we underrated our traditional office exposure. It used to be the, the king real estate sector for, for the one investing in commercial real estate. So this has changed uh, quite a bit over the last years. And especially we really reduced our exposure to secondary office assets, because we think that actually the, the sector could uh, go through a uh, a period of structural change like we had for retail in some sense with the development of e-commerce that actually some assets will continue to perform well or even gain in attractiveness going forward because if you have a corporate that actually consolidate and we heard that word from my colleagues before consolidation of demand on certain type of office assets that this assets that are very well placed. That's one of the C, the connectiveness uh, that we heard about it before. So connectiveness also in terms of, of location quality, that these assets that are also a modern feature and are ESG future-proof, so uh, may actually even perform better and be a winner of this uh, transition that we have at the moment. So it means overall the position of our strategy, less office, definitely uh, not secondary office assets at the moment and focus on the prime end of the market. Having said that, once uh, the repricing has been well underway and we have already some uh, some hints about that uh, in some market in the US and in Europe with uh, strong repricing for secondary assets, I think there will be also some opportunity to actually reposition also certain assets that the location is actually good, but that the, the concept or the, the building quality itself uh, was not more up to the current standards. So that, that may be actually a op new opportunity that will come up and that uh, we will probably look at it once the challenges have been pricing. Thank you very much, Louise. So we're back in the studio with Anders, CEO of Nornorm. Anders, let's talk about that CO2 savings now. Well, embracing furniture as a service isn't just a choice. It's a statement of commitment to sustainability. And Nornorm is a circular model that reduces the CO2 emission by up to about 70%. But more importantly, it makes better use of resources. And the positive effects are generated through furniture circulation and prolonging their lifetime by up to three times compared to when using furniture in a linear model. As a Nornorm customer, you will find the climate impact information on your subscription page and you can report it as scope 3 emission in your ESG reporting and you can set new benchmarks basically for responsible operations. Open question to, to everyone with regards to flex spaces. You know, obviously we're on the workbook podcast and flex is, is at the center of, of a lot of the discussion now and especially across the industry. I know Nishara. During our prep calls, you're maybe just discussing around how you're engaging with flex offices in terms of flex office providers, the way you know you're you're, you're building a relationship with them. Can you dive a bit deeper into you know your your, your way of interaction with the flex office uh, spaces provider? 
Absolutely. Like I mentioned, right, fair bit of our portfolio is serviced offices and fixed offices. So that ratio is is really depending on how we are hiring or what is our hiring strategy globally. So if we are really focusing on tier two, tier three cities hiring and continue to be that way, we will be looking at flex office model where we want to make sure that there is a fair partnership between different organizations. And uh, recently in my conversation with one of the landlords of serviced offices, there was a very interesting point they brought up that if your employees are coming in only for on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, right, can you just lease the office for those two days for your organization and give away the other days for the other organization? Can there be such kind of an innovative partnership where world comes together, the organizations from different world comes together and think of how strategically we can use this flex uh, office model and at the same time contribute to environment. ServiceNow is huge on ESG and sustainability, right? So reducing the carbon footprint, energy efficiency, all of that is super, super important to us. So we are exploring a lot of other models uh, in many which ways. But I would like to also add that when it comes to how we are going to evolve in next couple of years, right? We are one third of our organization is remote persona, which means they only come to the offices for moments that matter. And we want to, we are constantly thinking about how we are engaging that one third of our organization with the rest of the organization. How are we creating those informal water cooler chat moments with, with the entire organization? And to the point of being too futuristic, we are also exploring at the moment of ways of exploring the extended reality ideas or metaverse concept for our organization, which will really help us bridge that gap between remote persona and the flexible persona or the people who are coming in the office or who are working from the home. By no means we are saying that that would replace an in-person experience because I think that is here to stay and that will never go away because that's the human nature. But if we have to bridge that gap somehow that we are trying to explore new new ideas to work around. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much, Michelle. Maybe a quick question for Paras with regards to flex office. As a, as a landlord here in, in the group today, how, how is Brookfield tackling this whole flex space proposition? Is it something that, that you're developing in-house and how does it work on, on this end? So in London, it's very interesting because, as I mentioned, we have a focus in the UK on for office. It, our focus is on City of London properties. There, I think there is, there is a, a separate class of occupiers that has a demand for that kind of service. And then there's a separate class of occupier who just want an HQ. So very different from what Nishar is saying in terms of flex space. We we have leased space to other service office providers in our buildings. And then of course they then go on to go on to form their own partnerships with occupiers. But actually we've been thinking a bit outside the box, looking outside of the, the traditional floor plate and focusing on some of our common areas. So to give you two examples, we've got two buildings in London, 30 Fenchard Street and Olgate Tower. And there we've spent CapEx redeveloping reception spaces to encourage occupiers to use them for meetings, coffee chats, or as Nishar said, the water cooler chats. Those are designed to be continually activated spaces, offering the flexibility to occupiers in the building. So there's a certain element of, you know, outside of the box thinking going on in terms of what meets requirements for the micro geographies that we're operating in. Thank you very much, uh, Paras. And indeed, as, as you're mentioning, it's great to hear that, you know, Brookfield is paving the way on, on this end and, and creating, trying to create this next level experience for, well, to create this destination <laughs> in, in a few words. Maybe to shift a little bit our conversation. I mean, obviously, this whole change, this new demand 
is led by the, the youngest part of our multi-generational workplace and workforce, which is around Gen Zs and younger ones who are aspiring to something different, who grew up in something different and, and are maybe not as bounded to a one particular place or one particular job. So, so here, you know, as you guys are representing um, three of the biggest, again, so professional association, whether it's Urban Land Institute, Cornet Global, or a Real Estate Balance, what are some of the feedback you're hearing from your community in terms of maybe not being heard or being left aside for all those decisions? And I'm actually curious to see, you know, if, if you did hear something, what are some of the ways your association are trying to solve those? Maybe Nisha, if you'd like to start. Yeah, actually, it's a very interesting topic for us because, like I mentioned, right, we are we have 65% of our workforce got hired in pandemic pretty much. Fair bit of work generation is Gen Z's out of that. So talking about Gen Z as a, as a younger generation, they are actually very passionate about making a difference uh, in the workplace or workforce and want to always engage and they, f they want to feel the sense of belonging. And on top of that, there are three challenges which I'm seeing in the industry. I'm speaking with the other peers in the industry, which are pretty much highlighted when it comes to Generation Z. First one is disengagement. They really have a fear of being disengaged, especially with this work from home scenario and stuff like that. The other one with that comes in is lack of managerial support or bit of a loneliness in many ways, right? Because there's not many opportunities if you're working from home to have that learning aspect. Yeah, right. Sometimes you're just walking on the floor and learning from the other employees or the senior employees or more experienced employees. So that's bit of fear as well when it comes to and also the one-on-one -on -one time with your manager is super super important for generation z because they come from the world of facebook's and instagrams right they want instant validation they live in the works of likes <laughs> so it really uh, is really important for them to get that instant validation on the daily basis weekly basis they don't wait for quarterly growth reviews or you know uh, half a year reviews pretty much most of the time so it's also very important that they they have a fear of selective communication and when i say selective communication which is where our earlier point which paris, paris mentioned was water cooler chats right when you're working from home there are not much of opportunities when it comes to water cooler chats or a casual collision with your other colleagues in different department at service now we highly promote the cross-functional lateral moves within the organization to different departments so if I, if somebody from finance wants to move to technology team or product team they are very much welcome to do that but for that kind of relationship building you need to be having that casual collisions with your other departments uh, uh, to to be able to see that growth and opportunity so those are some of the things which i have seen in the world around me thank you nisha maybe pass what's your take on on this question it's really interesting because through my involvement in real estate balance and and also within brookfield properties we've been gauging opinion and it's clear that as nisha said the gen z workforce they really value diverse and inclusive environments. These guys are technology-enabled collaborators, and, and they want instant feedback, rapid career progression. Everything is really instant with them. Taking that in mind, I think they want a level playing field. So when they come to the office, they want to know that the space that they're going to be working in is inclusive and is not 
excluding anybody else. That there's a whole different focus that these guys have. We actually are exploring ways in which as a landlord and as a partner, we can actually facilitate connections between multiple occupiers where there may be certain synergies they can they can take advantage of. So for example, looking at mentorship programs that we might be able to facilitate within Brookfield itself, we've launched our Brookfield Properties Academy, which is for Brookfield property staff. Again, designed to create a platform for communication and we also have focusing on on women within our team a women's network mentorship program as well so we have initiatives within brookfield properties and we're also exploring ways in which we can facilitate mentorship programs for cross-occupier needs thank you please yes um i mean we heard before that the interaction between the younger generation and uh, the more senior part of a company is really key also for, for the development of uh, of the generation of young professionals, especially that they want to be more engaged. That's something we can uh, also see on the ground as a company uh, at UBS. I think I would say that going forward, uh, the part of flexibility that has been gained during uh, the pandemic, I think uh, that it will continue to, to stay at least for, for part of the week. So this intense interaction, so from early in the morning to, to late in the evening, so five days a week uh, between senior workforce and, and younger generation of personnel that that I don't think it will get back to how it used to be. Having said that, and, and I really like uh, what Para said about the, the mentoring program within a company, and I think it's a great uh, initiative to, to try to foster a relationship between the two generations or many generations that you have in a company to, to have this knowledge exchange. Uh, happening. It's not only beneficiary, I think, for the younger workforce, but also uh, for the more senior part of the workforce uh, to also learn what are now the, the concerns of the younger generation and how, uh, how EVC is rapidly changing, actually, and connecting the dots to, to what we are doing at ULI. Uh, and it's something also that really helped establish uh, our organization in Switzerland, because the, the Swiss part of ULI is actually quite young, uh, and something that, that really led the organization to gain traction uh, in this market and also gain more, more members, especially in the, the younger generation, as being uh, the establishment of a mentoring program. So where younger professionals so, and younger members have the occasion to, to sit during one year or so in a regular interval with uh, one senior professional of the urban planning or real estate industry. So we see this, uh, it has been really the best proof for me of the, the very high demand from the younger workforce to get connected uh, with seniors. Oh, thank you very much. And, and you know, if, if some of the audience may, may ask themselves, you know, why are we talking about the younger piece of, of the workforce? I think it's something that is very important to keep in mind that as per the, the latest numbers, by 2025, we're expecting to reach 27 to 30% of the workforce being Gen Z's. And, you know, whoever, whether it's a space provider, flex or not, or, you know, any corporate that is taking this one size fit all approach is definitely not a sustainable way to move forward and definitely the way to shoot yourself in the foot. So I think, you know, this is, and this is where, you know, again, it's great to have this conversation today because it's, if anything, providing awareness on stuff that you already know, but we should take into consideration or that you didn't know and, and definitely start engaging. And on, on this particular piece, I think just to close this episode, I'd love to, to provide the, 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 the floor again to Nishar, Paras and Dries to give a, a quick you know, call to action. You guys are representing the, the younger, young leaders across the industry. What would be that one call to action for our industry on your behalf? 
maybe Nisha, if you'd like to start. Yeah. So thinking about bold step, right? One call to action I would recommend to other organizations out there is if you don't have purpose, don't even bother. Right. Because if you are not doing it intentionally and trying to proceed without an evidence based approach, you will see a far little success in your approach. So that would be one of my recommendations. Thank you. Das? Landlords need to be partners and not just passive owners and investors. They play a key role in fostering ground level culture and enhancing the entire occupier experience. So landlords need to be more active in fostering that relationship with occupiers, listening to their changing needs and implementing evidence-based initiatives to achieve common goals. Please. And I end up for, with an advice for the investment manager community. So in the first topic we discussed, so investors tend to actually want to invest also in, uh, in some concept, real estate concept that uh, uh, is plug and play and also work well at the moment. It's already... It's mostly actually represented by a brand new building. It's not only about uh, the working environment we're speaking about, but also about ESG practice. It's easier to invest in a brand new building that is actually carbon neutral than working with the existing stock. And I think, yeah, our industry has also a duty to accompany or drive actually the, the regeneration of the urban environment. Needs are changing as we heard it today and changing rapidly. So we need to reinvest in the existing stock. And I think, uh, yeah, that uh, in the future, focus more on assets that are not perfect today, but that can be actually adapted and regenerated. Being uh, an office at a good location that can be upgraded or an office that doesn't work anymore in a secondary location, but could be, for instance, a nice residential building or something else. I think that adding this value going forward should be actually a focus and not just invest in in um, yeah uh, plug and play solution yeah and it's all about all about purpose if anything that's definitely what the, the younger generation is uh, is demanding and expecting from from our leaders and on my end what i just drop here as, as a quick call to action is you know keep in mind that the only constant is change and you know obviously embracing difference and in this case in our episode is you know whether it's uh, uh, embracing the younger generation or the older generation to talk together to inform the business moving forward, whatever the business it is, is definitely the right way. And, you know, on my end with Heinz, I'm lucky enough to, to be in a company where we, we got the sponsorship of our leaders to, to create this Young Leader Council, which is here to actually advise our executive leadership on, on how to move forward in those, those periods of change. Look, hopefully you guys found it uh, interesting, uh, something different, refreshing. What I'll definitely say is, you know, again, Workbolt Podcast is all about challenging the status quo. And we hope today's episode gave you some interesting things to, to think about moving forward. Obviously, Richard, Paras, Brice, thank you so much for your time. You're definitely leading change across your respective parts of, of the industry and, and Caleb and the whole Workbolt Podcast. Thank you for your partnership and opportunity to speak today. And one last final time back in the studio with Anders for Nornorm. Anders, what does the future look like for Nornorm? Nornorm is not just a concept, a company or, or a service. It's really a new circular way of doing business. With Nornorm circular design and the flexible furniture solution, companies can get access and create spaces that minimize waste and prioritize sustainable practices. And with Nornorm, property owners and operators can use furniture to contribute to their ESG reporting, as we also track all the savings compared 
to if you would have bought the furniture. We really wish to create impact and to do so, we need to appeal to the many, not the few. So at the core of the concept, it is to offer really circular and attractive office interiors that are accessible to the many companies. And that's why we are so focused on securing we have a low price. This is how we can become a change maker and make a real impact. With a highly affordable subscription model that require no investment and long-term commitments, we are really accessible for the many businesses. The same way Tesla's electrification of cars has sparked a movement towards electrification of many industries, we want to be that same catalyst of change towards circularity. And we start with the workspace industry. There we have it, a voyage into sustainable transformation powered by Nornorm. To join the revolution and sign up for a furniture subscription, please visit norm.com and stay tuned to the Workable Podcast for more revelations and visionary insights shaping the evolution of furniture as a service and its pivotal role in the world of real estate. And of course, I want to thank my Newflex colleague, Morgan Pierstor, for collaborating with me on this episode. A big shout out to Jeff for all your behind the scenes magic to produce the show. And my friend, mentor, and podcast prophet, Mr. Jason Allen Scott, for all your coaching, wisdom, and time to help me become a better host. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drumroll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. Making a high-quality podcast like this one takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire a podcast company. With our White Glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through to publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews and build relationships with your guests, and we take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you'd build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through your podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe that 52 new relationships would help grow your business? We do. Contact jason at apodcastcompany.com and let's talk.